Well, well, well. I've been waiting to do this for a long time, Katrina Lamedone. <laughs> um, and I think it'd be really easy to go the bio route and just chronologically follow it through. But I want to do this conversation a little differently. I want to start with something I heard you say recently. And I was fascinated by the comment, and I want to explore that comment with you. Once an Olympian, always an Olympian. You're never a former Olympian. And I'm not sure I had ever heard that articulated, and nor am I an expert in that because I am not an Olympian. What does that mean to you? What, why is that important to you? It, well, it's funny because Marnie McBean, uh, the Olympic rower and myself, uh, that is one of our pet peeves. And, and it is true, and people talk about it, because you've earned the right to compete at the Olympic Games. Um, I'm a retired speed skater. I'm a former speed skater, but I'm I'm a former Olympic speed skater, but I am an Olympian. Mm -hmm. And nobody takes away the fact that you were at those Olympics. Are you at the current ones? No, but you are an Olympian. And it's, I love it because it is something that not a lot of people get to get to wear and, and have that. And, you know, regardless of what comes afterwards of, of the result side, it's representing your country and being an Olympian yeah. is something that, uh, that I don't think we celebrate enough. No, I, but I don't, I wonder a little bit if, and I don't know what the proper term is, but let, let's say the civilian population understands mm -hmm. that. I mean, it, it's a once, for, for most people, it's two weeks out of every four years, mm -hmm. whereas for you, that's your life for mm -hmm. that quadrennial. Do we understand that? <laughs> quadrennial, it's 23 years. Well, you, you, I know, yeah. exactly. You know what I it's, mean? No, we, and then, so I almost point, I don't, I, I don't want to say this to you, but I almost point to media, because there isn't enough attention during, uh, and coverage during between Olympics, mm -hmm. during the years of training, during the years of World Cups and World Championships. And it's just like Calgary's an Olympic city. We're not a former Olympic city. We are an Olympic city. Right. And when we have international competitions come here, and we have them come every single year, unfortunately, we in this city, I think, have become a little bit used to that. Uh you know, we don't fill the oval. We don't fill wind sport. And yet these are the athletes who are going to be and who have been at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. That's pretty special because all of a sudden when the Olympics are on TV, everybody's glued to their TV. Mm -hmm. Well, you had a chance to see those guys live two months earlier. And I don't really understand why people don't embrace that enough. I think we've in a way become so used to it. Uh, Karen Lee Gartner, uh, Olympic champion in skiing, uh, her and I talked about it once because the Canadian Sport Institute had a golf tournament. And there were, I think, 27 Olympians and there were some Paralympians there. And I think amongst us all, there were something over 30 Olympic medals. And we said, nowhere else in the world can this happen. But I think in Calgary, we kind of get used to it. Oh, there's Cal Schufeld. Oh, yeah, he yeah. won Olympic gold. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, Cal. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's just... And, and that's great because we are uh, Olympians and Paralympians and, and gold medalists, whatever. We are just, quote-unquote, regular people. But at some point, I think we need to celebrate that many of these athletes have represented each citizen. And they don't do it for a paycheck. Right. They do it because they choose 
to push themselves and they want to represent uh, the Maple Leaf on the international stage. Well, let's, if you don't mind, let's wrestle this topic because it's, it's one that I'm acutely aware of and, and, and not, I think fascinated is the wrong term to use because that somehow puts a positive spin on it. I don't understand it either, and I've never understood it. And, you, you know, here you're talking in the context of Calgary, but I'm not sure that, you know, there's the same attention paid to an Olympic athlete anywhere. The sports are different. I think there's pockets of, mm-hmm. you know, there's certainly pockets of interest to the sport. But as someone who's now seen it from really both sides, the media side, but also as an athlete, do you care to opine on why we don't care for three years, 11 months and two weeks, and then two weeks we become diehards? I think that's a whole study to be done. <laughs> why we don't? I I don't know if I necessarily understand it. Really, uh, again, I think it's not top of mind for people because there's a hockey game on almost every night of the week, mm-hmm. so people see it, um, and I, that's a good thing. I'm I'm a hockey fan as well, um, but we don't see these events on every week and every weekend, so maybe it's not top of mind. Uh, whether the digital world has become good for sport or not, I'm not. I'm not sure. I haven't. Nobody, I think, in, in has quite figured that one. Too many options or too much um, feeding you with a, a fire hose. Well, in terms of it's available, but you need to go and find it. Yeah. It's not just sitting down after a long day, turning on your TV, and it's on. Yeah. It's not there. You mm-hmm. need to go find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people do, and yet. People say that's the way of the world, and yet I've also heard that we're an aging population, and mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of aging population that go on and <laughs> and search for sport online. So I'm not quite sure. There's two different stories there, and I'm not quite sure what the truth is. Yeah. Uh, the IOC came to Calgary, and they said still um, 95% of Olympic viewers watch it on TV. It's not digital. It's on TV. Hmm. So They're not cord cutters. Yeah. So that's, it's an interesting statistic, and obviously that's going to change over time. But why do we not celebrate it? I'm not sure. Is it because there aren't the controversies of, ooh, that person just got paid this amount of money. Oh, wow, look at, oh. I, I don't know. You don't expect athletes um, to sort of – do these con- any controversial things when you hear um, the stories? It's you know of often international. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we point to Russia. Okay, the state-run a doping scandal, but other controversies really there aren't. Oh, they missed their flight. Oh, they were sick yeah. during their race. That, sort of that's the biggest story. I I think one of the problems because as a viewer, I'm interested to watch results. But I am more interested in who is that person. I want to know their story. So when I, when I know that they're going to compete, I've become emotionally attached to them. Right. And I don't feel like that's there. I mean, that's hard because you have 300 athletes. How are you going to get everybody's story out? But maybe that's what's missing is that the citizens of this city and this country don't understand that journey of the athlete Um, they understand it of the hockey players because those features are done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, it comes comes down to money because the money uh, is not there to do those stories because it's not on TV, therefore there's no revenue, right? It's this vicious circle. It is a very vicious circle, and eyeballs are part of it too, right? For sure. That, you know, but to say there's, well, there's no eyeballs to watch a a World Cup event, you know, two years out, 
and then to say there's eyeballs at the Olympics, I think mm-hmm. the, that's not the question. Mm-hmm. The question is why? Where's the, well, where's the disconnect here? And not even two years. So sure. December December 1st, 2nd, 3rd, that, that weekend, uh, all of the top speed skaters will be here in Calgary. Mm-hmm. The athletes that will be on the podium in Pyeongchang, the Canadians, all of the countries, yep. I would love to see that oval filled. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough to fill it. Why is that? I have no idea because that would have been a dream growing up right. um, for all of these sports. And I, I don't get it. So because I know how this game is played, um, when you're active, you, there's almost an incumbency to have to say the right things. Right. Well, you know, yeah, no, everybody cares. It's good. But now that you've kind of just <laughs> what is it like to be asked or talked or have your opinion sought after in only that time? Only when the Olympics are here. Oh, my God, something just happened in speed skating. Get me Katrina. <laughs> Ask her right now because it's in the Olympics. It happened right now. Is it insulting? You know, I don't know if I would say insulting because we're used to it, which is bad to say. Is it mean that our our skin has become so thick that it's like, oh, yeah, well, nobody really cares. Yeah. Um, you know, people care, but not really. Uh, it's a tough one because I don't really get it. And yet then people say, well, we want more of this. Well, do you really? <laughs> um, so it's it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, you know, we want to introduce, like I would love people who have never seen speed skating. Once they come to the Oval and they see it live, I never knew it was like that. Yeah. Uh, to go to wind sport, to see some of these sliding events, whoa, I never knew that that is how they did it. Um, just to see any of these, that's what you want. And it's not meaning that these people will be the biggest fans and that they'll be joining the sport, but you just want them to say, wow, good for them. Mm. You know, yeah. it, that's, that's what you want. And yeah. I think as an athlete, that's why I enjoyed some of the overseas places so much and some of the some of the ovals in Asia and to go to Holland because they filled the stadium and they cheered. Yep. They cheered if you were the last place finisher but you gave an honest effort, they cheered. And that is one of the best feelings in the world. Yeah. That's the culture though. Right. It is the culture. But it's also I mean the, that culture it, it's our culture. It's our culture to not um, just cheer for the best people. It, it, it's it's a Canadian. That's a Canadian trait. No, no, not. That, but I, and I would give you the example of I, I always remember two thousand and three, two thousand and four World Juniors because Craig Connery, then playing for the Calgary Flames, was injured, and the Americans up, up, upset the Canadians, scored the the goals in the third period, won the gold medal, and I remember kind of bumping into Craig and. It wasn't so much while the Americans won. He said, I just can't believe how everybody loves it here. Like, it's so cool. This is my sport. I grew up. Nobody cared down here. Everybody cares up here. It's that culture. Mm-hmm. We don't have those cultures. Yeah, that's true. Right? And and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like anybody's willing to really put the work in. I'm not wrong. <laughs> there are people, but it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to catch. Right? We don't yeah. seem to be, build those cultures as quickly as we'd like. Well, and so... I mean, as you say that, honestly, and, you know, us talking about football or whatever, you think of, I mean, my whole province is Saskatchewan. The Rough Riders, doesn't matter how they're Disproportionate to the rest of the, absolutely, it's completely disproportionate. And and yet that's a bit of a culture thing. 100%. So so I don't get, and I don't get why we don't have that within Olympic sport, because then once every two years when the Olympics are on, oh, every single Canadian is watching. Yeah. 
I, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, somebody needs to do a study on this because I am I have not figured it out in okay in all my years. So you haven't figured that out. So let me ask you maybe <laughs> have a I question. figured anything out? Wow. <laughs> have you ever figured out? Did you find the Olympics or did the Olympics find you? Oh my goodness. Um. Oh man, that's a tough one. You know, it's funny because I'm a very driven individual mm. uh individual sport for sure because i grew up doing short track but i don't like that somebody could possibly control how my race ended and yet you know i grew up with two scottish parents that didn't do sport didn't know winter came to saskatoon for potentially one year give us all scottish names and they're still in canada <laughs> <laughs> all my family's still overseas but when i went to my first games my mom phoned me so this was 1992, Albertville. She phoned me and she said, you know, you don't have to go if you don't want to. And that was her way of saying, don't, ex- don't think that we're making you go. And I said, but mom, I want to go. And she said, okay, great. Well, we'll see you there. <laughs> and that was just her way of saying that. And yeah. I knew that. Um, I didn't thrive on the Olympic pressure. I mean, I, I probably crumbled a bit under it. Mm-hmm. I had good enough races to win my medals. But I was sort of the best, the same on a Saturday morning race, uh, training race, and at the Olympics. And that was sort of the way I was. I love the spirit of the games. I love ultimately what the games represent, and that's the world coming together. I love the opening ceremony because of the athlete oath, the official coach's oath, because of the flame coming in. So that part of the games I love. People Mm. say, oh, the closing ceremony is so much more fun. I don't love the closing ceremony because I'm not a big party person. So I love the spirit and the meaning of it. So, and that's what I believe in the games. I don't believe in the politics side. I know Mm -hmm. that side exists. I don't believe in any of that. So I kind of found the games and they, they inspired me and they still do. And hence my role moving forward with Pyeongchang to help with the team. But, um, you know, then the thing is, do I, people say, well, would you wish that for your children? And I don't know, because as much as I believe in them, I know that it's a very, very, very stressful and a very tough life in that way. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know, I guess in a way the Olympics kind of got me because I couldn't, I couldn't walk away from them. And I still can't really walk away from them. Do I want that for my children? Not sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a tough one. It really is tough. I, I, I think those of us who are Olympians uh, kind of battle that our whole lives. Right. Because it's sort of a, I mean, I'm actually, actually going to say a love-hate relationship. Okay. And, and, and that's maybe for my personality because I never loved that stress. There, there were some athletes who the Olympics, they come around and they rise to the occasion and they have the race of their life. That was never me. And that's just my personality. Which is fascinating. So then break that down. So were you in love with the the sport or were you in love with being part of something? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was in love with the sport and in love with the ideal. Okay. When I look at Pierre de Coubertin's... Um, what what he wanted for the modern games, mm-hmm. that's what I believe in. Right. And I truly, and people might say, well, that's very naive because of where the games have gone. No. If you still look at what happens, um, 
You know, I, I think of the Toronto Pan Am Games and just before the year before Rio, being in that opening ceremony, seeing Iran walk in and then Iraq. And the fact that the athletes were high-fiving each other. One of the most retweeted uh, selfies from Rio was a South Korean gymnast uh, doing a selfie with a North Korean gymnast. Those are the true ideals of the games. That my competitor from Germany, one of my best friends in 2002, came up to me as I was stressed out and crouched down and said to me, you're going to do this. You, you You are going to take control of this. She she didn't have to do that. She's my competitor. Yeah. But to me, that's that's what the games are about. People don't always see those things, but that's what I believe in. Is that a taught experience or is that a learned experience? This love of the of the ideals. Well, I think it's a a bit of both. I think that's that's a a bit of a character thing. That's how my my okay. my parents raised me. Okay, is that status does not matter. Right. I couldn't care less what people have won at the Olympic Games. Great, I'll celebrate with you. But at the end of the day, that does not make a difference because who are you as a character? And to me, that's what my mom has always taught me, and that's what I teach my children. Do not judge anybody. Don't judge them by, yeah, Easton, my 10-year-old, oh, yeah, he'll look at a Ferrari and Lamborghini and go, man, I wish I had that. But that doesn't make them a good or a bad person. Right. Who is the character inside? And right. so that that's, to me, what it's about. So did you seek out, because and you mentioned the, his, the historical components to this, the mm-hmm. ideals. Did you seek those out, or were they absorbed just in your experiences? Because having never mm-hmm. been through the process, I don't mm-hmm. know, do they take you aside and say, here's the history of the Olympics? No. No, not at all. Um, I think I, I sought those out, and that's because, to me, what inspired me are the, are the people's stories. Mm-hmm. Not of the people who succeeded, but of um, you know, the Olympic Charter and the Olympism and all of that, the, the, the history, the fact that the flame each time is lit by the sun in, in, in Olympia, in ancient Greece. I mean, that's, my dream is to, to see that, to witness that. If I witnessed that, I, I would be good to go. Right. <laughs> so those sort of things, the tradition side, I love. Um, you know, at the end of the day, medals are scratched and tarnished and ribbons fray. Um, but the ideals and the belief of the experiences of what they do to people, those will never go away. And I think that's, that's how I was raised, but it's also what empowers me. I'm not empowered by, by people and status. Um, you know, it, it's just, I guess it's, I, I don't know, is that, a, <laughs> is that nature or nurture? I'm not sure, but I've always been that way that um, good people, uh, they inspire me. You know, you can have a conversation going through a hotel with, uh, a hotel staff and you can just think back to that person and go man what they said or their good morning or whatever I those things those move me are, are those unique um, feelings or is that a unique approach to the Olympics as an athlete or do you find you have been surrounded by like-minded athletes in the past We've finally started talking amongst athletes, and I think that's a bit of the Canadian Olympic Committee doing this mentor program. I find, and I'm not saying team team sport athletes aren't the same, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the more I talk and become completely honest with individual sport athletes, there are many more like me. Uh, I mean, right before Salt Lake City was 9-11, and we didn't know within those first few days if the Olympics would happen. And I have 
told a handful of people this, but this is the honest truth for a split second. I actually was hoping the games would be canceled for the reason that I wouldn't have to deal with the stress of going in as the expected winner. Hmm. And, and, and yet I wanted to compete and I wanted the games, but Mm -hmm. when I say that, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, so many athletes, um, understand what I mean. And Jen Heil, um, the freestyle skier, I was mentoring her and, and working with her going into 2010 and her and I are very alike. And there were things that would give her energy and things that people might go, what? And then there were things that stressed her out where people are going, well, that's fine. But it's, we're very similar. And I think the more open and honest and not caring about being judged athletes are, the more you're seeing that that's the character of, of many, um, many athletes. So you've embraced your vulnerability. Yes. I, I, good and bad. And I think partially it's because you get to a certain age. <laughs> and you know what? Not that, I, not that you ever not care what people think. Mm. But again, maybe your skin becomes so thick. Um, to be honest, most people think Olympic champions live a perfect life. And, and I've, I've been told things and, and people just think everything is perfect in your life. So all of a sudden when they realize it's not, it's a bit of a shock to people. Yeah. And that fascinates me. You know, why are we any different? Why don't, why do we deal with any, why, why shouldn't we deal with the same things that everybody deals with? So in that way, yes, um, you know, all I understand who I am more now than ever, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. My biggest thing is I protect my children, uh, but I also show them the real world, and I show them the real me, and and that's okay. So I've always sort of embraced that, you know, I, I love people, and I love sport, and I get energy from them, but I'm also, which a lot of people will not believe, I'm also an introvert. I gain energy when I'm by myself. Yeah. Does that intimidate people? That's a good question of intimidation. It confuses them, and then they like to say, well, I don't believe that. (laughs) And that's okay if they don't. Yeah, yeah, I think people often aren't okay with who they are. And so when somebody is okay with who they are and they've accepted the good and the bad of themselves, I don't know if they always like that. And, um, you know, it's funny because... Um, you know, I say not judging. At some point, we always, we judge each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I will, you know, I I won't judge people because I think I've been judged so much in my life yeah. that, uh, you know, just true character is what shows through. And that's what um, my kids have seen. Going to a lot of uh, events that they come to, uh, being a part of Canada Games, being a part of Special Olympics, my kids have experienced that. So they start to see... Um, you know, sort of what pure sport and what what pure people um, are made of. And again, we see it every day in our world. Um, And, you know, they're getting to that age, 13 and 10, where you see some bad things from people too. You you, you referenced your kids. You referenced your mentorship and the leadership you've taken. What do you make of the next generation of athletes? Are you, you know, emboldened by them? Are you worried about them? How do you look at the next, you know, series of Olympians? I think it's exciting. I mean, I think we have great leaders. Mm. Um, They're in a tough situation. When we were going through the games, you know, sort of 
phones emerged and all that and it was said you know don't don't read online what the newspapers are saying everything is online now so if you tell some of these athletes don't check your phones well then they're not communicating um but i think they've done a great job at uh developing and i think that's partly everything community sport groups um canadian olympic committee uh all of it they've developed good people and this communication of 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 who the people are and and being okay and mm-hmm. this mentorship even side i think we have a great generation of leaders coming up and that's exciting i, I you know i i i'm I, I believe we had a great generation of leaders in the past too, but we're sort of in athletes as a maybe an internal side. We're aware of each other more, right? And and it's good. Where do we need to be careful? Where do we need to still do some work? Do we? I mean, you know, I I've always felt a little uncomfortable as a man asking a woman about you know, gender issues, because mm-hmm. it's really easy to say, hey, look how far you've come, <laughs> uh, which I think is somewhat demeaning. Mm-hmm. I apologize. But where where are our challenges? Coaching. Okay. Uh, if we look at that sort of gender side, though, uh, even with that, we're still losing girls in sport. Mm. Um, you know, that starts at the schools, because a lot of the schools um, don't have – ability to have these tiers around there's enough gym space or enough teachers that can be coaches and you know you can't point a finger at that that's just the reality Mm -hmm. so last year my daughter was in grade seven i saw 84 grade seveners try out for the badminton team and they were going to take 10 and that's the reality but so those 75 they dared to come out some of them my daughter had never held a badminton racket but they'll probably never come out again and that to me is sad because we're losing those girls um but then also the coaching side. And I don't know what the fix is of that. And I think it's it's been discussed, obviously, and it continues to be discussed. But a lot of times when females finish their sporting career or want to go into coaching, it means a lot of time away. And the reality is, is the women are the ones having kids. And, uh, you know, a lot of people wouldn't like this comment, but there is something about a mom and kids versus a dad and kids. There's just there's there's an emotional side, and 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 that's it. And so okay, to, I don't think you can deny that. No, no. But when I say that to some people, I mean they say, "Why wouldn't you go into coaching?" I said, "Because all of a sudden I, I've just finished traveling and to have kids, and then just to then leave and start going away for months because." Mm-hmm. You don't want to, you want to be, if you're going to coach, you need yeah. to give it all. That's a tough role. But we still don't have enough female coaches. And so if I look at that sort of gender side, mm. um, when we look at success, it's it's predominantly women on that Olympic side. Um, Dominant. Yes, but not on the coaching side. No. And that is, to me, a problem because you want those role models for these girls. And you want to show them that it can be done, but how how can it? I'm not sure. <laughs> is it the same? But is it a similar issue in terms of getting the opportunities, or is it in terms of developing them into coaches? Well, there are opportunities, and Canada Games has some great uh, programs yep. for for uh, women to get involved in coaching and sort of a mentorship. Uh, I think it's just the fact that you know it's. How do you how do you keep them? Mm. Because there there are pulls in every direction, and it, I mean it's the same in 
in every business. And, you know, we're getting better, but you look around the table, a lot of these boards and a lot of these sport organizations, and we're not there. <laughs> we really are not there. Um, you know, one thing, as you talk sort of sport and that role, uh, and Sport Calgary, I credit them because a lot of winter, especially winter athletes, just because of the the way the the competition schedule is, a lot of them, like myself, had sort of two-thirds of their degree, and then we had to pull out because we're traveling the whole mm. year. So a lot of these athletes retire in their 30s. Um, a lot of them are bilingual, can deal with stress, can deal with communication. And yet if you look at some of these jobs, the first thing listed is the education side, which I'm not saying is bad. Yeah. But what I've often said to corporations is have that as a, a gray area. Look at what you can train some of these athletes hmm. to do. And so, you know, that that's a little bit of it as well, the development, yeah. whether it's coaching, whatever it is in the in the business world as well. And Sport Calgary gave me that opportunity. And, you know, there are opportunities for us down the road to do that education side, but there's a level of experience that an athlete can bring to a, a work position that you can't get anywhere else. Right. First Canadian to defend the gold medal, which I would have to think in terms of successes, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's got to be, you know, the top. Have you had your biggest biggest success in life yet, or is that still to come? <laughs> I don't know. I wish I had a little crystal globe in front of me. Um, but, I mean, are you chasing? Yeah. Are you still chasing? You know I'm what I mean? You chase those medals. I'm always chasing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, unfortunately, it, it's a, it, but it's a hard way to be because I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. I chased. The perfect race, it doesn't exist. So I chased it for 23 years, and even if you get a world record, you still look at what well, wasn't perfect race because mm. it doesn't exist. Mm. Uh, the perfect anything doesn't exist. So as I mentioned, my Olympic races were never my best races, but they were good enough. Mm. And it's not on judging. It's on time, and they were fast enough. So that was tough in a way because you retire after 23 years, but you still haven't had that perfect race. Um, I still chase a whole bunch of things. And, you know, I, I think the way I am, I'll never quite fulfill them. Right. Um, but there are tons of things that are on my list of what I want to accomplish. I just need... I need more time. I need more money. <laughs> I need all of the things that everybody else needs as well. But, right. yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I I don't know what my best thing is. I mean, to to defend, that was tough because it was a statistic that nobody had done. Mm. I mean, that was a 100-year statistic. So to actually finally prove that it can be done, only two people have done it since. Yeah. Uh, Rosie McClennan and uh, Alex Bilodeau. So it, when you look at that, yeah, that was a tough thing to accomplish. But I don't know. What's next? A bit of everything. <laughs> if... My last one for you is if the earth went by a, a black hole and it somehow ripped the time-space continuum and you went back and you were 12 years old all over again, mm -hmm. same path or would you take a different path? I have to say same path. I mean, I will never call things sacrifices because that has a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. There were choices that I made. Um, you know, it's not the easiest life, but it's also a great life. Um so no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it because to me that it 
it makes you a bit of who you are. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's <laughs> a tough one. I just, you know, I, I had a great family growing up and sisters who still are supportive. Sure. Uh, we're all very different but very similar. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's... But you dabbled in track and field. I mean, would, mm-hmm. I mean, would you know, if you went back, would you... That probably track and field is the one thing that I can put the check mark of completely satisfied okay and and for that i mean because i i love the sport of track and field and to have trained with Les and michael mm-hmm. smith and that whole crew mm-hmm. to my goal was to make canada games and i made the final in hurdles and i was top eight in heptathlon at canada games to me that was a check mark i know i wasn't the fastest or the best but i was okay and that was a check mark yes i've accomplished it so you know it, it's hard to say that and yet i don't put this check mark on a Olympic gold medal, but I just mean because I'm in that way. I wanted to, I wanted to perfect everything, and I couldn't. And it's not possible to. Uh, I should probably deal with it, deal with that because that. And it's not that it eats away at me, but it's the way I am. Mm-hmm. It's sort of just what's next, and I I continue to strive forward. But also this role that I'm taking on for for the Olympics. I mean, my kids think it's crazy. I've you know, I, I won't get paid for the month of February. I, I'm not on TV. I'm going to be working my butt off. I'm going to be in the athlete's village for a month straight. But to me also, that is a bit of a check mark because I'm helping other athletes in whatever way, in one tiny little bit, then that is a bit of a check mark. So there are a lot of other things to put a check mark to. Um, I hope I have many years to do it, but I also live the way that, you know, if, if today's my last day, that's okay. 